All right, we will be reading Limitless Love today for November 26. It's called The Comprehension Plan of Love by Gloria Copeland. Surely, the scripture is Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, the Amplified Bible. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs, sickness, weakness, and distress. Surely he has taken those things from us and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly consider him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. When the prophet Isaiah wrote these verses, he was looking ahead by the Spirit, foreseeing what Jesus would do for us one day on the cross. He saw then what many believers even now haven't yet seen. He saw that Jesus, by his sacrifice, would bless every part of man's being. He would bless us spiritually by bearing the punishment of our sins. He would bless our souls by paying the price for our, our peace. And he would bless us physically by taking upon himself our sickness and disease so we could be healed and free. That's one of the things I appreciate most about the love of God. It is comprehensive. God doesn't just care about one or two isolated parts of our lives. He isn't concerned only about our spiritual well-being. He loves covers every part of us, spirit, soul, and body. His love covers us, every part of our body. Think about that. Jesus didn't pay the price for your spirit and leave your body under the dominion of sickness and disease. He didn't pay the price for you body and leave your mind to be for tormented with anxiety and guilt Jesus did pay the price for the whole man when he went to the cross he obtained righteousness for your spirit peace for your mind and healing for your body he didn't leave any he didn't leave any part of out of it at the plan of redemption that's what we call the, the full gospel. The only reason more people aren't enjoying the benefits of it is because it hasn't been widely preached. Religion has convinced us to preach a partial gospel instead of a, a, as a result, most Christians think that the plan of redemption is much like the insurance or health plans devised by them. Those plans are exclusive. They're full of stipulations that only a great many things in your life uncovered. Uh, uncovered. They contain lots of fine prints that tells you if you get yourself in this situation or that situation, this plan won't help you. The benefits will be denied. God will never give us a, a redemption plan like that. He cares too deeply about every detail of our lives that he was completely proved. Uh, God would never give us 
a redemption plan like that. He cares too deeply about every deal, detail of our lives that he was complete, compelled to provide us with a comprehensive plan that would meet our every need every day in every possible situation. A plan that will keep us forever completely covered, spirit, soul, and body, and his unfailing love. Uh, we're going to go ahead and read 25. Yesterday, Limitless Love. You're supposed to be blessed today. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Psalm 34, 8. Once you begin to see the word that God truly loves you, once your heart begins to grow, grasp how good he really is, all you must do to receive the blessing is simply trust in Jesus. Trust Him. Instead of fussing and worrying about the circumstances that threaten you. Trust Him instead of trying to figure out how He's going to deliver you. Trust Him. Trust Him instead of trying to figure out how He's going to deliver you. Trust Him instead of striving and struggling with those around you who are causing you trouble. But... Trust Him completely with confidence that somehow He will get the blessings to you. That kind of childlike faith in God's love is the most powerful force on earth. The devil can't defeat it. People can't, can't stop it. It absolutely cannot be denied. Some years ago, Oral Roberts told a story of an 11-year-old boy who came to one of his meetings with that kind of faith. Oral Roberts didn't even see him until the meeting was over. By that time, he laid hands on so many people, he was almost depleted of strength. As he was walking out of his building, however, the boy who was sitting with his binoculars beside happened to catch his eye. What are you doing here, son? Asked Brother Roberts. The boy answered simply, I'm supposed to be healed today. Sadly, Oral Roberts began to apologize. I wish I could help you, he said, but I don't have the strength to pray for anyone more. I don't need a, I don't know, know about that. And the boy answered, I don't know about that. Oral Roberts knew from experience what that kind of simple trust in God could do. Oral Roberts knew from experience. So weary he was, he laid his hands on the little boy and prayed while the boy believed and received his healing. The last time I heard, the young man had grown up and is still healed in hope. Just think what wonderful things God could do for us if we all trust him that way imagine the miracles would happen if we shook off the complexities and questions that weaken our faith and simply expect god to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves he would do even the devil himself couldn't stop us from receiving the benefits of god's love when he threatened us with calamity or suggested god might not be able to come through for us this time 
we would answer much like the young boy did. We would say, don't you know about that? All I know is that my father loves me and I am supposed to be blessed today. Beautiful reading, beautiful reading. Thank you, Gloria and Kenny Copeland. Welcome to today's podcast. I pray that your Thanksgiving day was awesome, great. Uh, you had some turmoil, like, and you were able to handle it. You didn't fall off the handle. You know, I got a call from uh, a cat that uh, been working many hours. And he's got a couple of months on the books from not drinking, trying to kill himself to death by drinking. Came to uh, to the park meeting. He was just taking a walk. And he's reeking with alcohol. We got a hold of him. Uh, a newer guy got befriended him, introduced me to him. We locked him down, talked to him. So we've been texting back and forth. And he called me yesterday, and he says, nobody around. I'm going through paperwork. The demons are attacking me. F this world. I'm going to go out and drink. And by the time we, I, I, I called him back, hey, I'll go down there and pick you up, take you to a meeting right now in the middle of Thanksgiving. I'll leave. I'm ready to go. He goes, hey, maybe I need some food, you know, and stuff. I've been working so many hours, he starts telling me. I go, well, uh, fortitude, man. You're a man. You're taking care of us, uh, the community. You're helping um, elderly people and young children that can't uh, do this for themselves. You're providing your electrician. You know, you're providing a, a good uh, service for the community and your and and uh, and that's what a man does works a lot of hours no complaining goes to work sleeps very little and only he's telling me he got two three hours to get his make his lunch clean the place you know and you start realizing what uh, uh, a good helper woman uh, can do you know but with our drinking we destroy all that so so I just encourage him to to keep the the fort. Thank thank God for the demons coming at you. Thank God for the for the problems, and you just say yes, God. I thank you for this situation. And I and you go. You can do it for fifteen minutes, ten fifteen minutes. Keep thanking God for the urge that you want to drink. And sure enough, by the time we hung up, he goes, I'm going to get something to eat. Thank you very much. And I sent him some more information on, the, on the, tech, the wonderful phone, the wonderful communication system. And he got back. He stood on the wagon. He didn't jump off. That was unexpected. I I had my phone with me. And I thank God he had the guts to reach out. Thank God that he, you know, we gave him some kind of weight and respect when he first came to the meeting. And he's hanging on to that, hardly going to any meetings and working most of the time. And he says he gets off work too late. Anyway, we also had another uh, unexpected uh, drinker in the family that uh, got the concept of thanking God for the demons. I said, just thank God for the demons. Say, I thank you, demons, that you want me to drink. <clears throat> I thank you. He goes, thank you, demons, that you just reminded me to thank God for you. You know, only a person is tired of living the way they're living, emotionally turmoil, and they're getting in their 40s, and they're getting older and older in life. If they're open to say, enough is enough, they have no problem thanking God. They know they're demons. The demons want you to destroy everything. The, the demon wants you to, 
uh, piss in your pants and cry, how pity, you know, just like a child. I don't have this new car. I don't have that. The, there, nobody likes me at work. Uh, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> you know, discouragement, self-pity are demons. Complaining is a demon. So I told her, hey, thank God for your demons. And relax and let God be God. And then the sister chimes in. Well, she don't do this. She don't do that. You got to thank God. Well, she don't. She's disrespecting my mom. And then the mom starts. So I had it. You know, I, I knew I wasn't going to. I wasn't expecting to get any headway with the concept of thanking God for your problems. But it seems like the drinker and the brawler and the, got it. She goes, let me thank God. She went outside, took a smoke. And I guess she was doing that. When she came back in, she wasn't emotionally uh, perplexed. You know that emotion, oh poor me, and and the feelings and the and and the <clears throat> everything just like the black hole, just hurting so much, and trying to put alcohol to fix it and and defending yourself. The sis, the my sister, the one who invited me, she started amusing me by thanking God for for every situation, and and boom. Something happened to her. She was amusing me, and she was doing, thank you, God, this, thank you, and bam, it happened. The power of God hit her. <coughs> and and she just, wow, I see a difference. He goes, when I said the word situation, I got peace. I felt like it went over to the other side, and God's got it. I'm good. She stopped. She was telling me how she's paying the rent and all this. I go, I go, you're, you're, I said, you're not getting it either. And then the other one starting, and you're not getting it either. And uh, we have some observance. And then finally, everybody at the end, the other one came back in. They said, oh, Mom, we don't need, you say you have everything you need, you're rich, but you need, you need to think about wealthy. Wealth is healthy, helping others. This was a miracle. This was the lady that said that she, had, she knows her demons. All of a sudden, she said an incredible uh, transformation right in front of us. Now, we had a third one we have to. So she agreed to, well, I need work on this. And that's, see, we can't point fingers. We have to just thank God for the situation and let God be God. So let go and let God. And and so I thank God for my demons. I thank God that I want to overeat. I thank God I want to overindulge. Thank God. And I was able to get control. You know, I came home and I didn't need to be munching on anything. I needed to thank God and I stopped. I go, wow, the control came in really easy. Anyway, enough of that. We got progress in two areas, maybe three, maybe four, maybe five of something that uh, people are tired of enough is enough. But if you're if it's working for you, if you're complaining and ranting and trying to fix somebody year after year after year, <clears throat> and uh, if, if that's working for you, keep going. But, you know, for an observer, we say that's insanity. Insanity. Using the same words over and over again, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, over and over again. The problem is not on the person that's doing it. The problem is God is trying to get your attention. He wants you to relax and let God be God and, and have faith in these words and and do the hard work. Say, I thank God I'm a misfit. I thank God for that person just the way they are. They're God's child. God's got them. 
And then, you know, the, the beauty is, the miracle is, we implement the power of God. Implementing the power of God. So, on page 116 of the 12 and 12, Bill W. writes, When we develop still more, when we have gone through the 12 steps, we discover the best possible source of emotional stability to be God himself. We found that dependence upon his perfect justice, forgiveness, and love was healthy and that it will work where nothing else would. If we really depend upon God, we couldn't very well play God to our fellows, nor would we feel the urge wholly to rely on human protection and care. Okay? These were the new attitudes that finally brought many of us to an inner strength and peace that could not be deeply shaken by the shortcomings of others, ourselves, or by any calamity of theirs or our own making. By what? A simple formula of thanking God. I'm a mess up when I mess up and not criticize myself because I don't belong to myself. And that person does not belong to me. Even though they're not taking care of self, I, can, I, I have to go. The only way I can care for others and make a change in their lives is by thanking God for the situation just the way it is. The drinker, the brawler, just the way it is. The complainer, just the way it is. But you, you, a lot of us are too smart for that. We're too intellectually smart for that. A lot of us say, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard, to thank God for an unruly person that don't have any responsibility, the lazy person. Yep. If your system is working for you, more power to you. But tomorrow, if you use the same stuff, that's called insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. The problem has gotten into you. It's gotten into us. And we, now we can't even see that we, we're, uh, we're barking, we're talking to a tree. You know, we can't even un understand that we're talking to, arguing with a tree. The tree's not going to change, folks. We got to be lucky that God is knocking on our, our hearts and our minds and our intuitions and reasoning to say, hey, there's a better way to live. Let me handle it. this. I need for you to thank me for this situation. And get out of the way. Go eat the cookies. Go to a meeting. Sit down. Go read a book. Turn the TV off. Get intelligent. If you really want to help others, get intelligent. Turn the, you know, uh, conquer a book. You want to help others, conquer a book. Conquer the, the, a book. A good book. Not espionage, craziness, uh, love affairs and... You'll implement in your, that in your life if you read that stuff. You know, I was looking at, um, it's funny, I was looking at uh, videos on these guys digging gold up in the Sierras. I had bought five acres of property up there, and they had a little gold mine in there. But it kind of had fool's gold, you know. I didn't, I wish I would have paid attention in high school about about uh, mining and, uh, and uh, chemistry and... Uh, you know, and how to detect gold. I, I didn't know that they have uh, detectors could detect gold. All these years, I thought that a detector could not detect gold. And these guys got these machines that are detecting gold with and finding gold. But, you know, it's not a lot of gold, but it's a lot of fun. 
up in the Sierras, and I said, wow, if I only had, you see, I was lack of knowledge. I had the five acres. You know, I could have had a lot of fun. I had 28, 38 pine trees on five acres that I purchased. I put a little trailer on there. Beautiful air up in uh, Oroville. It's all burned up now. <laughs> I sold it. What's the point I'm making? We don't know everything. I didn't know they had detectors. Oh, <laughs> the point I was making, folks, is what you think about, what you talk about, is going to come about. That's the reason you want, what you think about, you're made in the image of God, where your imagination goes, uh, what you muse over it, what you think about, what you start talking about, it's going to come about, okay? What you think about, what you talk about, it's going to come about. If you're thinking about uh, arson, hurting people, you're looking at that, you know, you're going to play that in your life. So I'm, I'm looking at these videos about these guys digging, you know, between the crevices and finding gold. I go to my sister's house and she, she texts me. She says, I have a tree down. This was yesterday, Thanksgiving. So a lot of trees were down. The winds are really high up in Southern California. And uh, so I took a, a big old steel bar, went down there and uh, started digging. And she had a real fresh, brand new pole. It wasn't a big tree, you know, seven feet or something. And I dug and dug. And at first, the, 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 I hit a hard dirt. And then I realized that watching those videos about those guys digging gold, I'm there with my hands and my nails and scraping. And I'm grounding myself. By the way, watch the movie Grounding. Grounding. If you're flying off the handle, watch the movie Grounding. And I'm getting all these electromagnetic stuff taken, and I'm having fun, really having fun, and, and beautiful earth. You know, no sand, just beautiful, healthy earth. And uh, Doug, as hard as my arm would go, taking the, and then I pulled the poles in, and then I packed it in, packed it in, put two poles in it, wrapped that tree up, and I told her, it's guaranteed not to fall. And she was happy, and I'm glad she didn't come out to try to help me because they really put, you know, we don't need any help. <laughs> she kept telling me, there's a shovel over there. I don't need a shovel. I'm fine. I brought the little bar, the little digging, not little bar. It was a huge bar, heavy duty. All right, let's move forward in our reading for making this really long Today's teaching. Okay, um, daily reflections for today, folks, is the hazards of publicity, okay, for November 26. People who symbolize causes and ideas feel a deep human need. We of AA do not question that. But we do have to soberly face the fact that being in the public's eye is hazardous, especially for us. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 181. As a recovered alcoholic, I must make an effort to put into practice the principles of the AA program, which are founded on honesty, truth, and humility. 
While I was drinking, I was constantly trying to be in the limelight. Now that I am conscious of my mistakes and of my former lack of integrity, it would not be honest to seek prestige even for the justifiable purpose of promoting the AA. Message of recovery is the publicity that centers around the AA fellowship and the miracles it produces not worth much more. Why not let the people around you appreciate themselves the changes that AA had brought in us, for that would be a far better recommendation for the fellowship than any I could. I guess you're talking about attract, attraction before promotion. I realize that I'm giving you way too many uh, subjects, so we're going to stop it right there. Uh, thank you so much for coming in today's uh, reading, and thank you, God. Thank you, God, for our alcoholism, best thing that's ever happened to me. Let's pray out with the Our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen, family. Keep coming back. It's working. Thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration. An intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas, Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the, <clears throat> on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be. <clears throat> that we be given whatever we need to take such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful not to make any requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. In circumstances of glory, we ask our wives and our friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious domination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend that also. If not members of religious bodies, we are sometimes selected to memorize a few set prayers, but emphasize the principles that we have been discussing. There are many helpful books out there. Suggestions of these may be obtained by one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see what religious people are right. Make use of what they have to offer. As we go through the day, we pause when say or doubtful, and we and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running a show uh, humbly say to ourselves many times each day thy will be done we are we must such danger and excitement and fear anger worry self-pity foolish decisions and we become more and more efficient we do not tire so we're not 
burning up energy foolishly as we deal when we're trying to arrange our lives and suit ourselves. <clears throat> Page 416, please. <clears throat> it helped me <clears throat> a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue, that I had been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I have not been aware of the compulsion at that time, and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. At last, acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I'd been around AA for seven months, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, Okay, God, it is true that I, I of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now, <clears throat> what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink. And except for the answer to all my problems today, when I'm disturbed is because I find some person, place, or situation. The person, place, thing, or situation uh, factor by life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I can accept that person, place, or thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at the moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept my life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world, but what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage, all the men are women, merely players. We, he forgot to mention I was a true critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out because I knew he wanted perfection, just as I did. AA acceptance has taught me that there is a bit of good and the worst of us, a bit of bad and the best of us, and that we're all children of God and we each have the right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I'm about God's handiwork. I'm saying I know better than God. Amen. Let's jump to page 420, please. <clears throat> Perhaps. Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of Max and other people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations. But then my rights try to move in, and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself, how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than on anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Accepting is the key to my relationship with God today. I never sit around and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever for me that needs to be done. I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. I must keep my magic by and find mine on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my strength is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Amen. Page 552, please. He said in effect... <laughs> He said, in effect, if you have resentment you want to be free of, 
If you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then, it worked for me many times since. It will work for me every time I'm willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask for that willingness, but it always too comes. <clears throat> and because it works for me, it'll work for all of us. And another great man says, the only real freedom a human being can ever know is doing what he has to do because he wants to do it. This great experience has released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love. It's just really another interpretation of the truth I know. I get everything I need from all the Thomas. And everything I need, I get. And when I get what I need is what I verbally find wanted all, all, all the time. Amen. Page 100, please. <clears throat> Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. Page 83, please. about the springs of development or we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom, a new happiness. We will not regret the past or show the Lord. We will comprehend the word. word serenity and we will know peace through no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will we will see how our experience can benefit others and a feeling of usefulness and self-pity and will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellow self-seeking will slip away and our whole attitude and outlook on life will change. Fear of people, economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. We will always materialize and work for them. Work, work, work. Thank you. Uh, page 85, please. It is easy. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle fall. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. 
Page 43, please. Once more, the alcohol at certain times has no effect on mental defense against its first strength. Except for a few other cases, neither nor any other human being can provide such a defense. This defense must come from a higher power. DN. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, wonderful. Hey guys, thank you very much. Thank you, Anthony, for coming in and listening in. And Rick, thanks for helping me uh, read and pray. Appreciate you guys. Have a remarkable weekend, man. Enjoy each minute every day. Yeah. Count, let's count our blessings. All right. We'll see you next week, then. All right. See you Monday. Take care, Anthony. Have a good weekend. All right. Remarkable reports. Thank you for reporting that. Uh, that's a man for you. Take over your child. I salute Thank you, sir. You. I salute you, young man. God bless you. Thank you. All right. That was uh, Anthony just took, he's got over a year and a half, and he just took uh, custody of his two-year-old daughter. They were... Uh, they got together, partying and drinking, similar to my story. I ended up uh, 18 years old, getting married. Uh, by the time I was 21, 22, <clears throat> didn't work out, but we had two children. Uh, I had at one time desired to uh, take custody, especially of the younger ones. I seen them, and uh, it didn't happen. I didn't have my ducks in a row. But I didn't have the program. You know, I just kept doing the same old, same old. But thank God Anthony has uh, done the respectful thing. The more stronger one and the more responsible one can have and raise the child with that love they need. Amen. Okay, I'm going to say the uh, seven-step prayer again, and we'll go ahead and close out. Remember, this reading is about... Uh, Asking for resources so we can help our fellow man. That's why we're doing this. Uh, so we can have tranquility and easy does it when we help others. We will have the right formula to talk to them about and tell them this program has worked for me. It can work for you. And uh, we're structured properly, guys. We're structured properly that we can help others. That's why we read it five days a week. The same thing over and over again. All right, here you go, page 76. Thank you for listening to this point. When ready, are you ready? We say something like this. Pray with me, please. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Thank you very much. Give them heaven. Welcome to today's Elnon 
podcast. My name is Fernando. I am a grateful member of Elnon in good standing. Let's open it up with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Um, we're doing the deal. Listening, I appreciate you coming on and listening to this uh, information. It, it's uh, Productivity is life. Our goal is uh, leaning forward a better life <clears throat> to uh, consider, ponder, and take these suggestions. Everything's a suggestion. If you do this, you can have that. If you do that, you can have this. So what are you going to do? Let's see what we got on one day at a time in Elnon. November 26th. Feeling that I don't belong has been a problem all my life. <clears throat> this was especially true when I first came to Elnon. My attending seemed wrong because there was no alcohol in my household as a child. It was my grandparents who drank. At that first meeting, I learned that alcoholism is a family disease. It affects not only the person who drinks, but those who care about him or her. Indeed, the effect of this disease are often passed from one generation to another. When I heard a description of some of those effects, I recognized a profile myself. For the first time in my life, I was with people who knew what I was going through. Today, I see clearly that I have, in fact, been affected by the family disease of alcoholism. Ellen offers me a way to do my part in breaking this family tradition pattern. I can get off the merry-go-round by choosing recovery. Today's reminder. In Ellen, I find people who understand as few others can. If I have been affected by the drinking of another, I need not doubt that I belong. No matter what the difficulty, no matter how unique we may feel, somewhere nearby are men and women with similar stories who have found help, comfort, and hope through recovery in Elnon in all our affairs. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. One of us needs to hear this. I, too, was wondering if I belong in Elnon. And, uh, yep, I'm a member. My dad drank, and I saw I saw the neuroticness take place. And when I first recognized the 12 steps, I said, the whole world needs a program to run on. My mother, you know, you know, my, my sisters, you know, all of what they went through, you know, my brother and, and handling these, these, um, you know, we weren't defused, you know. I always thought about when there's this, uh, somebody uh, gets shot in a family or something and the experts come in to defuse the people, to ground them to point zero. By the way, uh, grounding, putting your feet out there is like putting yourself back to normal. Uh, taking away all that intent and tension that has built up. Um, I wish, you know, as kids, no wonder we used to uh, bounce back right away, bounce back right away, and bounce back with faith, bounce back with hope, uh, bounce back with believing, because we were grounded. We were usually out there running around with no shoes on and being close to the dirt, uh, you know, being grown up in Mexico, and that's what we did. We, we had fun 
making roadways and just a lot of natural things. We made all our toys from uh, nature, so using our imagination. And I um, forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> so I could easily shake it off, but then as we grew older, you know, those feelings started to grow up, inadequacy feelings. And uh, then I started being like my dad, too. Never thought I would. All right, let's go ahead and go to our next reading here. We're going to do today, uh, one day at a time. And happy November 26th. People in trouble look for help and often ask for it in the shape of advice from the more seasoned members who are all so willing to help them. Someone may say, my husband came home drunk and turns on the TV and keeps us awake. What shall I do? He was arrested for fighting. What shall I do? I'm sick of sitting at home all the time. He never takes me anywhere. What shall I do? Or, or this one, not appreciate for the turkey you cook. The more experienced members realize that we don't tell anybody what to do. People only accept and use the advice they're ready for. Again, we only accept and use the advice we are ready for. Okay? Helping the newcomer apply Al-Anon principles to a problem is a vital part of the learning process through which all of us grow. Then we will know how to make the decisions that are best for us and have the courage to see them through good stuff man powerful powerful you know i was an addict of getting information but not really uh us like getting i'm not 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 having any wisdom to apply the knowledge i've been accumulating and and the power was in the program to apply the wisdom derived from the uh advice I was getting. Thank you. Today's reminder, when I am asked for advice, I know only what I would do if I were faced with the same problem and not what would be right for another. Okay, what I would do. Beautiful. Good advice in Elon takes the form of gentle guidance into Elon principles so people can find their right answers for themselves. I could have solved anyone else's problems. I can, however, show how problem solving is done by using the Al-Anon program. I cannot solve anyone else's problems. I cannot pay your bills and do that. I can, however, show how problem solving is done by using the Al-Anon program. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I need that, folks. I need to understand that, that I, I, got, I tend to give too much... Uh, advice but to direct them through the principles of Alanon that's a new one for me um, maybe I do more and more okay I'm working on it so uh, improvement is the biggest room in the house improvement so we we got a house together we can solve this I had another point and I'm trying to go back onto it so uh all right, it went away. It wasn't important. Oh, got it. I was uh, when I was new. I was bringing the mess into the rooms, and, and the people were trying to give me the message. 
So my mess, so finally one uh, gentleman got me uh, and he said, look, Fernando, if you read the book, all your problems will be solved. And guess what my response was? You got to be kidding. Reading this book's going to solve all my problems? (laughs) Well, 25 years later, it has more than solved my problem. It's given me a, a life of my wildest dreams. He was right. I'm telling you, the, <clears throat> the book is not that big of a deal to conquer. You can do it. You can conquer it. I did it. You did it. You can do it. Okay, hope for today. Our last book, and November 26th. One thing is certain about my childhood, I learned firsthand the the instability and chaos that rules a drinking home. I learned to trust no one, to stay silent at all costs, to stuff my feelings, never to stand up for myself, to take on more responsibility than I can handle, to love conditionally, and to tell white lies to cover up my home life. No wonder as an adult I perceived that close interpersonal relationships were like constantly moving targets. Usually I was the one who was moving because I lacked the skills to develop and maintain healthy adult relationships. Thanks to Alanon, I have learned that it's safe to trust again. First, I began to trust my higher power who loves me unconditionally. No matter what I say, do, or feel, I learned to trust the fellowship where many have experienced the same childhood traumas that I did. I'm also learning to trust the people in my life. My husband, my wife, my friends, siblings, and even my parents. In spite of my unhealthy childhood, I forgive both of my parents. I forgive them. Although it took me four decades to recognize my disease to find my way to Elnon, I have been strengthened and blessed by the miracles that have taken place in my life. Through this program, I owe this fellowship and God a huge depth of gratitude and love. Wow, beautiful, wonderful, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That is me, folks. I love this stuff. Thought for the day. Trust in, trust is one of the first things to go in an alcoholic situation. Trust. But I can regain it through Elnon. If I am willing to give others a second chance and trust them a little more each day, faith and people may start to come back. Elon, a day at a time, page 110. Wow. First thing that came into my mind is we trust our, our infinite higher power and we have faith in people. We believe in people. One of the things about the program is that we believe regardless of your situation. You know, we believe, we, we accept you with love. That's what happened to me. And it picked me up. It picked me up, made me feel uh, good. You believed, you believed, you believed, and it helped me have faith back again and hope, hope in my uh, accomplishment, and I can do something, get squared away, I have faith in people, I had a lot of faith in the people inside the program, but then to have faith in the ones that continue to to misuse you and, 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 uh, talk about you or use your resources it came back I just started giving them the benefit of the doubt it was easy 
once I believed. I believe in the process. Go to meetings, drink the coffee, eat the cookies, and listen. And then the miracles take place. Give them heaven, family. Let's go ahead and, and pray out. Thank you. I appreciate your ears, your eyes. I appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate you just here and listening. And we're and looking for solutions like all of us. A manner of living that really works. This, These words. Don't forget to <clears throat> patronage alanon.org um, or wherever say, site they have and get their books from them. I'm going to go to the central office and pick up some more Al-Anon material for my meetings. <clears throat> Let's pray the Our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep keep coming back, family. (laughs) Keep falling forward. Bye. Greetings. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. We're going to be reading Faith to Faith with Kenny Copeland and Gloria Copeland. November 26th. What's your name? And what serve you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3.17. And what serve you do, do it in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. Thank you, Lord God, that you take us to the next level. We continually seek your presence, your ways, your master plan, Lord. Have your way in our lives, Lord. Open our ears and our eyes to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming in today's podcast. I welcome you. Uh, Kenny Copeland goes on to say, Did you know your name has been changed? It's no longer the same as it was before you were born again. You gave your old name away when you made a covenant with Jesus. To truly appreciate what that means, you have to think about it in the light of what we know about blood covenant. When someone enters a covenant of blood, he is giving himself completely away. He he is no longer his own, his assets and his debts. His strengths and his weakness belong forever to his covenant brother. When you're in blood covenant with someone, that person's name becomes your name forever. You cannot escape it, good or bad, it's yours. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he took your name. Your name was sin. Your name was weakness. Your name was fear and poverty and every other evil thing you inherited from Adam. Jesus took those names from you and gave you his own exchange. That's right. Ephesians 3.15 says that the whole body of Christ has been named after him both in heaven and earth. That means that you have been given Jesus' name. Its authority is now yours. Just think about who you're named after. 
Jesus, mighty God, wisdom, deliverer, line of the tribe of Judah, word of life, advocate, provider, the great I am, helper, savior, prince of peace, wonderful counselor, lamb of God, Lord of hosts, root of David, author and finisher of our faith, the way, healer, son of God, the truth, chief cornerstone, king of kings, light of the world, chief shepherd, my strength and my song, righteous judge, son of righteousness, resurrection and life, the alpha and the omega. Does they have the bread of life here? Did you see the bread? Okay. Praise God. Those names cover any need you'll ever have. Which more, the power of God is in his name to bring that name to pass in your life. What? Acts 3.16. Praise God. Those names cover any need you'll ever have. Period. Which more, the power of God is in his name to bring that name to pass in your life. Okay? You can't tell yourself discouraged anymore. We can't call you discouragement anymore. That's not your name. You can't answer when the devil yells, Hey, poor boy, that's not your name. Jesus is taking those old names of yours. They're gone. So meditate on the names of the Lord. They're all wrapped up in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. And that name, with all his power and authority, has been given to you. Beautiful, beautiful reading. All right, we're going to read yesterday's, the 25th. From Faith to Faith. This is... uh, Kenny Copeland says, called Stir Up the Power. Greatly desire to see you, being mindful of your tears, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1, 4, 6, and 7. New King James. There are times when you know what God has called you to do. But you just don't feel you have the inner resources you need to do it. Somehow you simply run dry. You know the word says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. John seven thirty eight. <clears throat> but during these times you can you can't even find the creek bank, much less the river. <clears throat> the word of God tells us how to handle these situations through a clear command. Stir up the gift inside you. You stir up yourself up. Everything you need is already in you. Jesus put it there. Everything you ever need to accomplish what God has called you to do has been placed inside you by God Almighty. Faith is in there. Power is in there. Love is in there. Believe that. Speak it out. Say it to yourself. Now, right out loud. In the name of Jesus, I stir up the gift that's within me by faith. I stir up my faith. I'm not going to wait until I feel stirred up. 
I'm stepping out by faith and expecting my feelings to follow. Amen. I'm sticking up the love of God that's in me. I'm stirring up the love of God that's in me. I'm stirring up the power and striving up myself and running the devil out of my affairs. I'm stirring up myself in the spirit of the living God. I'm stirred up. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the word of God. And uh, meantime, uh, I'll share for 10 minutes. Let me know when the 10 minutes are up. I don't have a watch. Of all days, I forget my cell phone. Uh, Jess, alcoholic. Jess. Uh, I, I came to this program through the, you know, through my mother. Isn't that funny? Uh, when I got, uh, when I was going to war, uh, I love to tell this story about my mother. When she passed away, I, 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 I should have shared this story, but I was too numb when she passed away. She was 93 years old, two years ago. And I couldn't believe she was gone. She was such a strong woman. But uh, I was on my way to Vietnam and, uh, and I, I stopped in San Antonio to say goodbye to my mother. And she had uh, uh, people from AA come over to do a 12-step call on me. And I said, what the heck is this? She says, well, uh, I think you ought to talk to these people. And I said, okay. So they, uh, she said, they're gonna kill this guy over there. He's a drunk and he doesn't care. And uh, so, they, they, they did us a favor of doing a 12-step call on me. As you know, they don't do 12-step calls unless you call them. But she told them she would have to come. Now, my mother had previously uh, did a, uh, taken my dad to an AA meeting. That's why I say she helped built an Al-Anon. And she took my, day, my dad to an AA meeting back in 1957, I think. And I remember being out there, it was a little uh, stage that's why whenever I used to go to the Los Robles and Del Mar meeting, that stage reminded me of that meeting all the time where my dad went to a meeting. How ironic, huh? And, uh, and so my dad came out of that meeting and he says, you know what? I'm not a, like those people. He says, uh, I'd rather die than, than be there with them. Like he looked down at Alcoholics Anonymous like, what a way to, what a way, what, how disgusting that you take me to a place like that. And um, so then uh, my mom called that 12-step call on me. And uh, well, prior to that, back in 1962, uh, my dad uh, wound up in a hospital. He had a perforated ulcer. We were living in Long Beach. No, we're living in Hermosa Beach at the time. We moved from Long Beach to Hermosa Beach. and. Uh, and I was living downtown, and I was living down there with him. That time I was downtown, L.A. We used to live where the Bonaventure Hotel is. And uh, 
Isn't it funny? We used to live right there where the Bonaventure Hotel is. And now it's, uh, before it was apartments there. So um, uh, they called me uh, that night. They said, go see your dad. Uh, he's over at, uh, at, uh, what's the name of it? Torres General Hospital. Back, to, back then, boy, that hospital was a, was a mess. It, it was really a mess up until not too long ago either. I think they moved it now to Imperial Highway somewhere out there. It's a real nice hospital now. So I went to visit my dad and uh, he had this perforated ulcer and he, uh, they were draining him and uh, I saw him with tubes up his nose and he was dying, you know, and I thought, well, he's gonna be okay. And from that on point on, I had guilt because I left him and I said, well, I'll see you, dad. He told me, son, don't ever drink like I did. I never thought I'd wind up like this. And he knew that it was bad, but I thought it was, they said he was gonna be okay. So they had him in the hallway because they didn't have a room yet for a room. And I left. And the next morning, just as he said he'd rather die, he died the next morning. He was 37 years old. He was uh, 20 days shy of 38. And I couldn't believe when they called me the next day to go, uh, to go, uh, my brother called me and told me to go see him. And I says, what? I had that feeling. I says, oh no, man, he couldn't have died. Yep, he died. So I carried that guilt for years, you know, and I remember him saying that, later I remember him saying I'd rather die than, and he did, he died. Anyway, so I went to Vietnam and they, uh, this couple took me uh, in a 53 Chevrolet without a window. It was 34 degrees in San Antonio. And boy, 34 degrees in San Antonio, it's cold, man. And they had three kids that were yelling back there while I was sitting back there. And they took me to an AA Al-Anon meeting. Here you go, too. Uh, they took me to an Al-Anon meeting, AA Al-Anon. Back then, they had AA Al-Anon. Can you believe it? Uh, San Antonio has one of the best AA programs in the world, man. And uh, so, uh, I came back, I went to the meeting and they were laughing and they were, they were so happy and I never forgot that, you know. He was missing his front teeth, somebody probably bopped him and he was missing his front teeth and his wife was up there just laughing away and they were so happy and I never forgot that. Well, turn around back uh, 1977, I was getting trouble at work and I came back from Vietnam and I, Worked for the government, and I don't know how I wound up working for the government. And uh, but luck, luckily I got drafted, and uh, I had I landed a job in the government when I got back. Anyway, 1970, come around 77, I, I had been so sick that uh, I got scared, you know, and I took myself to AA in 77, and. Uh, that's where I met Les and all the guys from the San Gabriel meeting, Pasadena. Boy, one of the best meetings I ever attended, man, Pasadena. And that's where I met Hans. I met her at the San Gabriel meeting. I was going to the meeting and I took myself because I remember that couple, they came back. I says, wow, man, I better go to a meeting. How ironic. Years from 1966, I think, all the way back to 1977. The thought came, I was at the VA, working at the VA at the time. 
And I didn't feel good, and the guy gave me lab tests, and he said, oh, that's what it was. He says, he gave me a lab, the guy works in the lab, we used to drink together. And I told him what was wrong, I didn't feel good. And he gave me a test, and he says, I don't know, man, you better go see a doctor. So I went to AA, and I met Hans at uh, the San Gabriel meeting, one of the best meetings in the world. It's not there no more. And I got into the door, and I said, uh, is there a meeting here? He says, you're right here, partner. That's the way he talked all the time. You're here, right here, partner. And then I, w I was, I was going to walk in with him, and then I chickened out. I says, well, wait a minute. I'll come back another night. And he said, no, you're here right now, man. We got to go. And I went in, and I stayed sober for about 10 months. With the best AA, I'll never have that sobriety again like I did that time. I was so happy going to meetings. I, I, met, uh, I met all the old timers from AA, the real old timers. And I even had dinner with, uh, uh, with uh, what's his name? Uh, a, a pair of glasses. Uh, Chuck, Chuck oh, Chuck Chamberlain. I had dinner with him and all the big wheels out there one night, you know, they had an empty chair and they said, hey, uh, he remembered me and he says, hey, Jess, you want to come sit with us? We have an extra chair. And I forgot what the event was. I think it was in Long Beach. It was right before he died. And Oh, that was afterwards. That was afterwards. I'm, I'm confused. Okay, so 77. And then I, uh, I stayed sober nine month, 10 months. And I decided to go out again, and then I did my trip for three, three hospital stays. Boy, man, I'm telling you that when you go out, it's a nightmare, you know? You may never come back, and I wasn't going to come back. I about, I mean, I had all that good sobriety those 10 months. And then I go out, and then I, three hospital stays. The third hospital stay, I'll make it real quick. I get into the hospital, I barely make it in there. Uh, three more hours and I would have died. My ex-wife took me. I just talked to my daughter yesterday. She came over and she says, yeah, we found you at home. You were sitting there eating something to survive because you were dying. We, we just got back. And they took me to the hospital and, uh, and, uh, and then I stayed there three days and I was gonna die. And uh, the doctor says, you're gonna die, son. If you get out, I was checking out. And my mother found out that I was in the hospital and she called and just to talk about a miracle, just as I was checking out, my mother calls. And I was at the reception checking out. I was gonna have a couple of more beers, can you believe it? And uh, she says, uh-huh, I caught you, huh? Well, if you don't get on your, you better get on your knees and pray because you're gonna die. And that was it. I went to my bed and I had, a, my whole life came before me, ma'am. I had a John DT attack, and the rest is history. I'm here, 41 years later, sober, barely able to stand up with a broken femur. And I'm okay, though, because I'm sober. I'm in a meeting. That's what matters, you know. I'm here, no matter what. I'm sober and happy. Thank you.
Gracias por venir a escuchar la música. Fernando, alcohólico. Vamos a orar, Padre nuestro, por favor. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Véngase tu reino, hágase tu voluntad aquí en la tierra como en el cielo. El pan nuestro de cada día, dándonos hoy y perdónanos de nuestros pecados, así como nosotros perdonamos a nuestros pecadores. Y no nos dejes caer entre más tentaciones, más líbranos de todo el mal. Amén.